Hey, oh, it's me, uh, Big B, your friend and dungeon master, just up top here before the show for a bit of a change this time. Uh, look, so I know in the last mid-roll I said that we were going to be coming with the end of the Temple of Sky arc and then putting up a live show probably during the Christmas break, but this is one of those times where uh, a lot of things happen sort of outside our control a little bit. So what we actually have for you here today is our second live show from our recent run at the Sydney Fringe Festival. Uh, it was really really super fun. We had a special guest. Mikhail came out. Um, thank you so much for doing that and thank you so much to everyone who was there. Um, it is different to some of the other live shows we've done. It's a self-contained story. It totally is. But it does sort of follow on from the events of the first live show. So you don't have to have listened to that to enjoy this one, but you'll definitely get a little bit more out of it if you have. So if you haven't heard that first Sydney Fringe live show, I thoroughly recommend that you go back and listen to it. You can check it out in between chapters 50 and and 51, HWLA, Live at Fringe World Sydney, Part 1. This is, of course, Part 2 of the same thing. Anyway, sorry about the mix-up between the end of the Temple of Sky arc and the start of this arc. Uh, as I said, stuff got in the way, but we'll be back with the end of the Temple of Sky arc in two weeks on our regular schedule. So, um, without further ado, we'll jump right into it. You're not going to hear from me again. It's going to be an uninterrupted thing. There is one more thing we should note about this episode, which is that as with the first one of these HWLA Live at Sydney Fringes from earlier in the year, there was something up with the microphones that we just did not anticipate. They were like so much more directional and um, sensitive to distance from them than any other microphone I've ever encountered. So there are some parts in the back half of the show where Jackson and Mikhail get really, really quiet and I've had to amp them up a lot so you can hear them and the audio is a bit rough, but you can definitely still understand everything that's being said from context, uh, just some of their specific sentences you might not hear exactly the words that they're saying. So I'm really, really sorry about that. I mean, we hate it when the audio quality is a bit bad, but hopefully you still enjoy the show. Personally, I still think it's really, really fun. Anyway, I've spoken for too long already. I won't take up any more of your time. Enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone. Welcome once again to Tasmodia's Transdimensional Tournament, the greatest interdimensional test of skill and strength the multiverse has ever seen. Thousands of champions enter, representing worlds and universes cast far and wide across the void. But only one dimension can be declared victorious. Who will emerge the victor of Tasmodia's transdimensional tournament? Well, you'll have to watch to find out. So step right up and enter the arena, if you dare. And welcome to How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons. Usually, we are a Dungeons and Dragons actual play podcast, but tonight we are an all live stunt spooktacular just for you. Uh, just a quick hands up before we crack into it. Who here has played Dungeons and Dragons before? Hey. Okay. <laughs> Everything's going to be directed percentage. over there. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's okay. You definitely don't need to have played Dungeons & Dragons before. Thank you for coming out. My name is Ben McAllister. Just a quick primer for you on how Dungeons & Dragons works if you haven't played the game. 
I, the dungeon master, am going to describe situations and events that are transpiring to our players here. They'll introduce themselves and their characters in a moment. The players will then respond to those situations however they like. They're limited in what they can attempt to do only by their imagination. Then they're going to roll some dice. That's kind of the core mechanic, like these ones here. Then, depending on whether their character is good or bad at the thing they're trying to do, they're going to add a number to that roll. And then based on the roll, well, we'll see what happens. High rolls are good, low rolls are obviously bad. The characters each have special skills and attacks and stuff that they can do. Um, don't worry too much about the rules. We're going to try and keep you informed of what's going on. That's enough for me for the moment. Let's hear from our playing group for the evening. Go ahead and introduce yourselves. Let's start on the left-hand side here. So, my name is Jackson Usid, and I'll be playing Jody Mastana, a human monk with a bit of a uh, deliberate Spanish flavor. Uh, Jody's personal preferences include uh, sweet stunts, flips, tricks, anything within the uh, within that sort of wheelhouse is sort of his... The martial his arts, I suppose yeah. you would say, are things that he yeah. is proficient in. In addition to just acrobatics as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hello, I'm Grace Chapel, and I'll be playing Drusilia Helimian, who is a sorceress. Um, she is a half-elf. I've actually got some pointy ears somewhere. <laughs> Tucked away on the hat. side of the hat. <laughs> um, yeah, she loves hats as well. It's just kind of a quirk she has. And, um, cool aesthetics in general. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm Thomas Owen, and I'll be playing uh, Dun Khan, who is a dwarven fighter, recently cross-classed into ranger. Uh, he uh, is a war veteran with some uh, darkness hidden away in his mind who uh, just uh, likes a drink, a dirty joke, and a fight. Absolutely. Good with weapons, I guess, is one thing you would say about Dunjan. Uh, our regular show follows the adventures of these three hooligans as they move their way through a world called Carthus. But tonight, we're doing something completely different that we're going to hear about. Uh, we've also got a special guest coming along, so get ready for that. Uh, but for now, without further ado, get ready, everyone, for Tasmodia's Transdimensional Tournament. Now... We have to quickly catch you up on some things, because this is the second night of our three-night run here, and last night we heard how these heroes were unceremoniously ripped from their home dimension and thrown into an incredible competition at this trans-dimensional tournament, a massive, periodic, interdimensional test of strength and skill. There are feats of strength, wit, and cunning, and more than a few battles to the death. They learned that at the end of it all, the sponsor of the victorious dimension will be declared supreme ruler of the multiverse until the next tournament. They met their handler, Kenneth, an alien creature who is guiding them through the events. They may not know who brought them here, but they do know that they need to fight to stay alive. They emerged victorious from their first challenge and retired to the Champion's Lounge, where they received some riches for their success. Which brings us to right now. So, Snap2, you three, wake up in your bunk beds that you've been allocated in the Champion's Quarter. How hungover do you think you are? That's really on you. Uh, are you asking us or the character? <laughs> <laughs> uh, start with one, then the other, yeah. <laughs> um, well, Duncan has a fantastic constitution save <laughs> and has dwarven resilience, so I think the hangover is negligible. Okay. He just puts them away. Just can't stop. And it doesn't matter. Okay, great. Well, wow, that's a pretty impressive skill. One that I bet you wish you shared, Tom. <laughs> Fantastic. Who, uh, how are you guys feeling over there? How's Jody and Drazilia? I reckon Jody probably like, nursed one beer all night. Like, he <laughs> that kind of guy. He's been ripped out of his home dimension. Yeah, like, probably fair enough. You know, that might be a bit water. scary. You're yeah, just yeah, like, whoa, yeah. I'm in an interdimensional tournament. That's fair <laughs> enough. Well, uh, at this moment, the door to your bunk bed opens. A bunk bedroom opens. By the way, how are the bunk beds arranged? There's two bunk beds, two by two. Who's sleeping where? This is important. It's going to come back later, I promise. Top left. Top left? Yeah. Top right. Bottom left. 
Okay. Nice. Wow. Nice. Fantastic. Boys. Bottom bus. Boys. Okay. <laughs> boys on the left, yeah. girls on the right. Okay. <laughs> That's fantastic. So, the door springs open and in walks Kenneth. Your four-armed, pear-shaped, purple alien handler. We established Kenneth is wearing a black turtleneck, carrying an array of things, and absolutely nothing else. Uh, Kenneth walks in and says, Hey guys, how'd you sleep? I hope you're feeling good. You got another challenge today? That wasn't a question. It was a statement. That's just my manner of speaking. How you feeling? Come on, it's a tournament. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Okay, well, the thing is, about the tournament, remember yesterday we paired you with a random stranger because you need four people for one of these events? Tonight we're going to pair you with another random stranger. So, uh, and then Kenneth clicks his fingers and unceremoniously a figure just kind of walks out from behind the door. There was no, like, magic involved. <laughs> and this is the figure that emerges. Uh, this, of course, is Mikhail. He's our special guest for the evening. Everybody give him a warm welcome. <laughs> Mikhail. Why don't you introduce yourself and to the character that you'll be playing? Well, my name is Mikhail. I'm happy to be here. My, uh, my character's name is uh, Flipper. Uh, no relation. Uh, he is a fey rogue. Um, has some experience with interdimensional travel. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's got to be so, helpful. Mm. <laughs> so my home dimension is the fifth dimension. I don't know if you've heard of it. I see. Right. It's uh, made of pure imagination, um, which is what I'm made of. I did have to escape from that dimension, however, because I was in a little bit of trouble. What was the trouble? Well, I got done for insider trading. Okay, all right. I used to be a financial planner. Even in the dimension of pure imagination, you can't escape from that Sydney life. Right. (laughs) The rat race, it sucks you. It sucks you right in. Well, yeah. Anyway, so I did. I did escape to a more, uh, a more fantastical uh, dimension, and found a tribe of halflings to uh, that accepted me as their god. Oh wow! Yeah, so uh, I live in this forest with these halflings. Actually, really tiny, more like quarterlings. I see. All right, because sorry, and, and what 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 size is, is is Flipper? How big is Flipper? Oh, like six eight. Oh wow! Okay. Oh, whoa. whoa, that's Jacked. a huge character. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, right, yeah, so, so um, I'm also a god in my backstory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, that's so weird. Yeah, I told these guys to just make up their own characters, and I guess they were like, I guess I'm a god, right? <laughs> Fair enough. Fantastic. I mean, look, I, 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 I like my, my, my tribe underlings. They've got amazing emotional intelligence, and they've taught me a lot. Okay, great. Right. So but insider trading is no longer a part of your. Well, I'm of... trying to, you know, trying to evolve. Right, okay. Fair uh, enough. They Fair do enough. Have terrible geospatial awareness so they're always sort of running off cliff cliffs and like this is more backstory other. than any of the characters in our long-running podcast have established thus far yeah so i've just sort of got to herd him around but they're teaching me things okay that's yeah. fantastic well there you go kenneth says uh i'll let you get to know each other hey yeah your your event today yeah i mean yeah i guess you did just get i guess in character that was like Flipper just walked in and was like, hey, how's it going? I'm Flipper. I'm a god. Inside of training. <laughs> Done my time. Community service. Getting ready to move on. Yeah. Uh, so now you guys are, are formally introduced. Uh, Kenneth says, okay, well, y- your event this evening is a traditional kind of battle royale, battle to the death type scenario. Uh, you'll be in the arena, the four of you working together. Y- you'll, you'll hear more about that later. That- that's not for a couple hours, though, so you got a bit of time. Uh, I noticed you guys received some uh, winnings from your event last night. How would you feel about taking a trip over to our entertainment district? Ooh, entertainment quarter. <laughs> <laughs> 
What kind of entertainment is there? Mostly gambling. <laughs> Just like New South Wales. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if there's, I'm kidding. I could, I could gamble. I've never, I've never gambled before, but I, I could. I, I just got here. I mean, like my my currency is mostly like leaves and sticks. <laughs> okay. Uh, hey, we accept all currencies here in the void between dimensions. So uh, <laughs> you should be you should be just about fine. All right, uh, let's play some blackjack. <laughs> <laughs> Does blackjack exist in this dimension? No, sorry. Oh. <laughs> Unfortunately, it doesn't. Uh, it's the so, only game I know how to play. <laughs> so, uh, Kenneth escorts you out of your accommodation in the Champion's Lounge, which is absurdly opulent and decadent, by the way. You've probably had amongst the most pleasurable uh, evenings out of your, of your lives. I guess not, actually. You kind of explicitly said. But you could have if you'd put the effort in. It was all We're there for you. still kidnapped. Yeah, look, you are kidnapped and forced to fight for your lives in an international tournament. So I suppose there is that element to things. Um, uh, but Kenneth escorts you outside into the busy, bustling, interdimensional tournament city. It is an extraordinarily busy city. There are flying vehicles moving around, large buildings, neon lights flashing, stuff the likes of which you guys have probably never seen, except maybe the insider trading thing. I don't know. Maybe yeah, you're used to this kind of shit. Okay, you're used to this kind of shit. Fine. So for threw up yesterday. Yeah, we saw all that. And we're like, oh Jesus. Yeah. So I was gonna say yesterday. Yeah. So Flip is fine because he's done this before. Right. Used to interdimensional travel. Yesterday, you guys threw up upon seeing all of this shit for the first time. So can I get another constitution check from you all? It's a bit easier this time because you're exposed to it. So go ahead and roll a d20 and add your constitution score and we'll see who still feels well. 15. 10. 21. Drazilia throws up all over the floor. <laughs> now uh, the other three are all just standing around like, oh man, come on. what's what's? Drazilia actually is really hungover. Okay, great. Oh. But she just, okay, fair enough. Okay, so Flip, uh, Kenneth leads the four of you through the, the busy, bustling streets of the tournament city before you arrive at a large, uh, like big top-sized tent. It's like much larger than any circus tent you've ever seen, but it's that kind of shape. And written top the front of it uh, is a large banner, which says in uh, text that is constantly shifting and changing languages. For a moment, it phases into uh, a language that you all speak, and it says, Flimbo's Funhouse. At which point, Kenneth says, this is Flimbo's Funhouse. It's the best place to gamble and game here in the city. Uh, I recommend you head on inside. I'll come get you when it's time for you guys to go uh, get ready for the events of the day. What do you think? feels like a trap. <laughs> yeah, it's an I can assure you it is not a trap. That's, what would you say if it was a trap? Uh, uh, is this one of those I'm only allowed to tell the truth or lie kind of scenarios? Uh, well, in that case, you have to ask my, my, my twin who, yeah, yeah you know, the, the puzzle am, where there's two of them. I am <laughs> definitely going to roll inside. Okay, right, if you think it's a trap. Kenneth is lying to okay, us today. Okay, all right, roll that inside. Uh, that's 18 all up. You don't believe that Kenneth is lying to you. You believe that this is a fun time, place to gamble. Well then, Which really is a kind of trap. I mean, this is the social commentary that I'm bringing to this year. I mean, you think gambling's all fun and games, but really, it's just another way... Anyway, sorry. Um, that's the late show. It gets a little blue. Uh, so, do you guys go in or what? Yeah, I'm keen. You guys walk into Flimbo's Funhouse and it is like the most exciting casino you've ever seen. There are flashing lights, slot machine type things. Are you from like a Lord of the 
rings realm. We've never seen a casino. You've probably seen gambling houses before. And when I said you, I meant the listener. Uh, There's uh, there's all kinds of. Yes, exactly. This is theater of the mind. Just come on, play with me. (laughs) And you guys enter this space, and there's machines, there's tables with people playing cards, people playing not blackjack. I'm sorry, I did explicitly say there's roulette. And then in the corner, there are a bunch of. There are a bunch of uh, stalls set up that have charts up above them that are offering odds on different events happening at the tournament that day. How are you guys feeling about it? Are we it? up there? Are our names on the... You might have to walk over and find out. Oh, by the way, no clocks, of course. High oxygen atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, let's draw over the odds. Yeah, let's go see what let's, we can bet on. That's right, James Packer. I'm coming for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, cool. So you walk over to the bookies tables. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, what are you looking for? Are you looking out for your names or are you looking out for... I'm looking for the best odds. Okay, all right. The best odds of the day? Yeah. Uh, the best odds of the day is an event that says... Um, uh, uh, it, it says Cam Racks, which you're not sure if that's a person or a group of people. With an X? Yeah, yeah, with, yeah. with an X nice. on the end. Very high fantasy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Versus... <laughs> Versus Klangmar the Destructicon, and they're, they're at odds of 8,000 to 1. <laughs> so, you don't know how you... In favor of Tamrax? No, 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 no. The Destructicon on that one. Um, yeah. Just to get a little bit of, like, tactical insight for what we're up against, what are the odds... Like, is anybody allowed to place bets on whether or not we survive? I think we're Camrax. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's the name you've given. No, no, you guys find your names. There are the four of your names in a line there, and it says versus the Kerr. And you're in at odds of five to one. So hey. some bookies are uh, thinking that you guys might have a chance. But so less, in- less, than, <laughs> less than the Kerr. People are back yeah. in the Kerr. <laughs> People think the Kerr is, cool. is really, yeah. it's a big Kerr vibe, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of people walking around wearing shirts that say, I love the cur. Yeah. There's a guy who walks past well, you with like a flag. Is like a fantasy the cure? Like, is that like <laughs> No, I actually just accidentally hit backspace. It is the cure. You guys are <laughs> up against the cure tonight. Um, well, I think Jun Khan looks at this with his military, military mindset and basically realizes you've got you to gotta make that safe play, ultimately. Okay. Uh, that doesn't make sense. Are you betting on the cur? <laughs> no. No, 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 no. What I mean, the obvious thing is, if we die, we're not here to collect. Right. I'm betting that we'll win five to one. Five to I'm one gonna quintuple my money. What? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I'm quintuple. Gonna, right. I'm just right. <laughs> put all of my money on us winning. Okay, so when you and say your money, you haven't actually looked in the sacks of our winnings that you received from that's last true. night. Yeah. Yeah. and What's we, in we our can sacks? bet on us because I got in a lot of trouble for this. Yeah. Blackjack doesn't. (laughs) Yeah, you remember when I said it wasn't a trap? (laughs) You've fallen right in. (laughs) I'm actually going to need you to take a wisdom saving throw in order to not be compelled to bet on yourself in the coming event. That's a d20 and add your wisdom modifier. What do we got? It's very hard to read. Oh, that's a natural 20. Fuck oh, me! Oh, wow, that's the highest roll you can have. Boy. So I guess he's learned something from his time in the brig. <laughs> and he's like, no, 
No, I shouldn't. Now, I'm not saying you can't, but you don't feel compelled to. Okay, so I'm going to need you. I'm going to pass you guys some right, reasons. So we, we, all, <laughs> yeah, we all vote one to the left, right? We all, we all vote, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. It's like a real Jaden Stevenson thing. Does that play in Sydney? It's an uh, AFL joke. AFL, I don't think so. Not today, especially after the <laughs> thing that, that happened to you guys. I'm deeply sorry. Uh, great. So what, who's betting on yourselves? Don Khan's betting on himself. Yep. Yep. Well, can we... Uh, Jody wants to investigate the, the the winnings pouch that he has. Okay, yeah, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course. So you open the pouches and they look exactly like my dice pouch. Isn't that great? This prop, it's like, you know, for, for you guys all to see. Uh, and inside, <laughs> each of you has 200 tiny black diamonds. Whoa. Yeah. They are tiny. <laughs> They're un- wait, here you go. Here's a prop. Here's a prop for you. They're unlike anything you've ever seen before. Not that tiny anymore. Yeah, that's true. And 200 of them fit in that bag, believe it or not. It's rather impressive. Yeah, 200 tiny black diamonds, which you're given to understand is the currency here in the interdimensional void. Are you guys just kind of standing around at the bookies' tables? Well, I think yeah. Jody wants to slide one of those little diamonds on, put it on Camrex. <laughs> at 8,000 to one? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah Actually, yeah. Just one of them. Like, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Those are good odds. Yeah. Every dog gets its day. Is that a saying? Every dog, Every gets, dog its gets its day? The In this dimension, it is. Oh, it's a <laughs> saying. And as you slide the diamond and you say that, the bookie who appears in a puff of smoke and is a eight-foot-tall snake-like humanoid named Flimbo says, Yes, that is a saying we have in this dimension. For invoking it, I will raise the odds. 10,000 to one, your diamond is accepted. It's not a very good way of doing business. <laughs> it's like you gave him like a special promo code yeah, where the odds right, get right, better. Right, right, right. If you say every dog gets its day, yeah, you just get better odds. Well, I'm definitely also going to put one diamond. Okay. Yeah, on Camrax yeah. against and the, the rest on Clangmar the Destructicon. Okay, yeah, okay. I'm um, bet twenty diamonds on the Kerr. <laughs> okay, great. So twenty diamonds on the Kerr for Brasilia, and what about the rest of the diamonds? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you could be dead. Yeah, you can die and then not receive the diamonds. <laughs> but in that moment before death, I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> I died rich. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, rich on diamonds that I don't know how much they're worth or what else they're good oh, yeah. for. <laughs> Fucking great. Okay, uh, so 20 on the curve. What are you doing with the other 180 diamonds? Oh, I wasn't listening. I put them all on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 200 diamonds on the curve. One diamond from each of you on Camrax and 199 on yourselves, I guess. That's good. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and what, are you, uh, what I, are you doing? I don't have any diamonds. Oh, no, you've got diamonds. You, got diamonds? you won your event yesterday oh, as well. I've been here? Yeah, yeah. You, you, <laughs> you came in yesterday. You had an event that happened <laughs> off screen. <laughs> yeah, wow. If you just arrived, you were extremely nonchalant. <laughs> <laughs> sucked out of your own dimension. I guess well, you're used as to As I it. said, I'm used yeah, to Yeah, just like, oh, what am I in jail travel. again? Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so for legal reasons, I, I can't bet. <laughs> I'd like to... Give you guys two hundred my diamonds. I want a hundred on Camrax, a hundred on <laughs> us. hundred on Camrax at eight thousand to uh, one. Can, uh, can I put on like a first four trifecta scenario? <laughs> hey, make me a make me an offer, and and Flimbo the bookie will talk to you about it. Yes, what kind of odds would you just, like? Just just sort of an over under. Um, over, I, how? Over, whether you end up over or underneath the feet of the curve? Is that yeah, well, 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 what kind of over so under? I, so I, I want like 25 on for one of us to survive. Okay. 25 yes. for two and uh, 50 for all of us. Wow. Um, that's yes, bizar- bizarrely heartless of you, um, but we shall see. Uh, allow me to cap- tabulate. And then Flimbo stands there and closes their eyes and just kind of thinks for a minute and then goes, one to survive. 
1.5 to 1. 2 to survive. 3 to 1. All to survive. 10 to 1. Wait, wait, yeah, no. it was 5 to 1 before. Oh, that's, <laughs> no, that's just the odds of you guys winning in any way. Oh, yeah, Doesn't yeah. mean you all Survivor's survive. Good. And if we lose, we don't necessarily die. Yeah, well, you don't know that. You haven't lost. You haven't lost yet. So uh, I guess maybe the cur has a spell that can just like send us to live forever in some enclosed yeah, yeah, interdimensional yeah. space money. without actually dying. So, so um, yeah, I'm happy with that. So we'll, we'll put that on our great. match, and then uh, yeah, then a hundred on Camrax. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right, hundred on Camrax. Yeah. Good. Okay, great. Uh, your offerings are accepted. Thank you for visiting Flimbo's fun house. Please avail yourselves of the amenities. And then Flimbo uh, spreads uh, a snake-like arm at the, the room behind you. Wait, do we need the diamonds to gamble? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, On no. anything else? Um, uh, I guess well, we'll just get a, get a soft drink and sit at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You could gamble. Four tap waters. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you guys are sitting at the bar sucking down your four tap waters when Kenneth comes and finds you and says, Hey, y'all, did you have a good time at the fun house? <laughs> Uh, hey, I got something to discuss with you. Uh, you rated really well with the audience last night in your various challenges, and uh, Trumbo, who's one of the marketing executives, wants to talk to you about uh, some things we can do to kind of boost the attendance, maybe, for your battle against the Kerr. So uh, you're going to have to come over to headquarters. Uh, all right. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's okay. do it. I'm okay. Kenneth escorts you back through the floating city. Drusilia <laughs> throws up again. Uh, <laughs> you're walking through these busy, bustling streets. There's hover cars. There are light rails <laughs> because that's futuristic. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> that's right. I'm not from here. <laughs> I'm going to drop the mic when I'm done yeah. burning the state to the ground. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, uh, you, you walk out through the city and there is a giant transparent floating cube, uh, of, of glass that there's like a tractor beam elevator that leads up into the bottom of it. And Kenneth says, yeah, that's headquarters. Trumbo's going to meet us in his office. And, uh, he steps into the tractor beam and shoop, Kenneth gets sucked up into the glass cube. What do you guys do? I mean, I jump straight in. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm nice. Sure. Yeah. You guys feel a sensation of incredible joy because it's really fun. You're like flying through the air, being sucked up into this cube. And uh, I guess this tractor beam just kind of knows where to take you because before you know it, you're standing in the slickest Wall Street office you've ever seen. Probably, I had, this was honestly not intentional. <laughs> standing in this fucking extremely slick office, it's got a, a view of the panoramic skyline of the city, and there is a half-elf man sitting behind a desk, a large desk with his feet up on the desk, he's got his hair slicked back, he's wearing suspenders, and he says, hey, yeah, I'm Trumbo, come on in, take a seat. And he uh, kicks out uh, four stools from underneath his desk. One after that, he does have four legs. So right. that's so not individually. No, no, he's like boop, okay, kicks him, kicks him straight up. So he's like the, he's like the anti-Kenneth. Kenneth has four <laughs> arms and two legs. This guy's got four legs and two arms. Literally, the only way I know how to make aliens is to give them different numbers of limbs. So <laughs> all of the creatures that you fight are just iterations of that. <laughs> so wait, is he like a like a centaur? He's like a ha- yeah, like a half elf centaur. Right. He's like a centaur, but the top half's a half elf. How's he sitting? Don't ask me. <laughs> That's for you to visualize. <laughs> Whatever you most prefer in terms of sitting format for the centaur. I, I'm seeing more of a spider guy. <laughs> well, the spider guys were last night for anyone <laughs> who happened to hear it. What do you guys do? Will we sit I, down? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I hand in my business. I know how to do this. <laughs> <laughs> 
I hand him my business card, shake his hands. He says, ah, heard about you. Did some time in an interdimensional prison, didn't you? Well, I escaped. But you're, I think you're up there with my cousin. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah no, I got you're out. You're a legend down yeah. there. <laughs> anyway, uh, take, take a seat. Uh, do you all sit? Okay. Uh, he says, yo, I'm going to level with you. Bada bing, bada boom. We're trying to get increased sales. And you guys, you, you rate well. So um, what we're going to do, uh, instead of going to the armorer like you did last night and picking out some weapons that you like, I'm just going to give you some stuff that's going to rate good with the fans, you see. You're up against the Kerr. The Kerr is one of our best heels. So uh, this is going to be one of those situations where, you know, they're going to want to know who's going to win. So uh, anyway, uh, Mildred, and then he snaps his fingers, and a uh, a shapeless cloud of gas floats in through the wall and uh, is carrying a tray onto uh, gas gaseous arms. And on that tray, you see four objects. There are a pair of jewel-encrusted boots... A really cool hat. Grace, tell me how the hat looks. Um, guess like this. I don't have another one with me. Okay, it looks like this hat. The hat that she's wearing. Uh, Spoilers. I mean. There is a uh, metal cylinder that, for those of us who are from the real human world, would recognize as looking vaguely like the hilt of a definitely not licensed Star Wars lightsaber. <laughs> and uh, then there is a really, really fine uh, green uh, rectangle of fabric. And uh, Trumbo says, yo, so are the boots are for the jumping boy, Jody, uh, the, the the little rectangular fabric, that's a cloak there, that's for you, uh, inside a trading guy. Uh, the, the, little, uh, the little sword thing there, you hit it and it's like a big laser sword, that's for you, sword guy. And uh, the hat, well, I think you know. And uh, <clears throat> what, do you, what do you guys do? I just love that, like, that Flipper is like a legend in the interdimensional prison, and he's known as the inside a trading guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I've heard about you inside a train. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's more like I guess the escape is probably the yeah, thing that he's more yeah, famous for. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Fair but I enough. mean, like insider trading was not common in my home dimension. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. um, does Does Flipper have any prison tats? <laughs> What's his vibe? <laughs> Yeah, face tats, full face. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right. Full, it just it just says inside a trade. It just. <laughs> well, oh, that's why he's known as that. Yeah, yeah, right. It's like it's. I, if I'd known that, I I, it's all about branding. I think. Like, <laughs> somebody, you, want, you understand that? Yeah, I respect the yeah. brand. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do you guys do? Do you take your items? Absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah. It looks on. good. Okay, as you pick up the hat and put it on, you feel that the brim of this hat is razor fucking sharp. It's like an odd job thing, thing. like from that one James Bond movie. (laughs) That's a reference everybody likes. Uh, It's just a hat with a razor sharp brim. As you put on the boots, Trumbo says, yeah, be careful with those things. Click the heels together, you know, like from that other movie, and then uh, you'll be jumping twice as high. What's the movie? Wizard of Oz. (laughs) With the the clicking the ruby slivers. Oh, right, of course, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, That's a movie, it's like a picture, but it moves. I guess that's why they called that. Never thought about it before. Thanks. That's <laughs> interesting. Um, and and Duncan, what does he do? I mean, I ignite the saber immediately. Yeah, you, you turn it on, and it is this enormous purple blade. It's not like a traditional lightsaber. It's like the shape of a sword blade. So it's like flat, but like quite um like wide, just like your great sword, but a little bit longer. It's like extra big and extremely light. 
Oh. Uh, yeah, and the cool thing about these these items, do, do you pick up your your fabric? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. As you pick up the fabric, it unfurls into a glorious cloak. It's like matching your color scheme. I said it was green. I don't know what you're wearing. It can definitely like the Fey thing. Maybe yeah, it would no, be yeah, green. Yeah, yeah, Is yeah, green, green like roughly? Yeah, yeah. mostly mostly green. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, greens yeah. and browns. Great. Yeah. Well, I did plan this part, so I'm glad that that part actually <laughs> did make sense. Good. Uh, so right, uh, Trumbo says, "Yo, so the jumping boots, uh, the hats, obviously just like a razor blade thing. The sword's a sword. That there is a single shot invisible." cloak. If you wrap it around yourself like Dracula, I can't stop with the movie references, uh, then uh, you'll teleport somewhere you can see within like, you know, 100 feet. D&D's in feet. It's an imperial thing. It's made in the States. Don't ask me why. It's like it's like 33 meters for anyone who doesn't know the conversions. And that's what all your items do. So, so I go 100 feet away and turn invisible. Sorry, did I? It's a, teleport, it's a tele, teleportation cloak, not invisibility. The only movie we're not referencing is Harry Potter. Okay. <laughs> Great. So uh, if you got those things, they're going to rate well. I'm pretty sure they match your individual skill sets. The audience is going to love it. Um, good luck against the Kerr. He's got a pretty strong record, especially against uh, groups that have just kind of met each other. So uh, I guess we'll see how it goes. But good luck. And then uh, he's like, M- M- Mildred, show him out. And uh, the gaseous cloud envelops you, and uh, you feel yourself being slowly buffeted towards the door. You don't know if that's gross. We're in the fucking void between dimensions. Maybe that's normal for the gas people. Don't try and normalize solid bodies. Does it smell like anything? No, absolutely scentless. That's worse. Yeah, sometimes they add a smell, like like they do to, to gas, so you yeah. know when it's leaking. All right, Ross. <laughs> what, a hard friends reference? Yeah. Was that so good? Yeah. Jesus nice. Christ. That's I was throwing out a scared. lot of brick references, Gracie, but that was an absolute fucking esoteric-ass friends reference. <laughs> friends exist, movies don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Drazilia's never seen a film, but she knows all of the characters from Friends and the plot lines intimately. Okay. This is yeah. a story. It's it's her headcanon. She's invented Friends is the fan fiction within Cecilia's mind. Within the fantasy world of how to win Luna from the Dragons, a headcanon is a tiny cannon that you strap to your head. <laughs> Not something you believe to be true about a fictional franchise. Okay, so you guys are buffeted out by uh, Mildred, this sentient cloud of gas, and you're uh, ejected out of the cube via another tractor beam, and you land on the ground where Kenneth is already waiting for you. Again, says, all right, y'all, uh, we got to get you over to meet up with Kelnar. He's the beast master. Uh, he's going to tell you all about uh, the Kerr and get you ready for the event. So he's in the beastiary that's next to the arena. So let's just, let's just motor on over there. So you're walking across the city again. Drazilia does throw up again. You only get one constitution save. I'm sorry. And before you know it, you're standing at the uh, staff entrance to what's a pretty traditional looking stadium. Kind of looks like any sports stadium you've seen. It's a big, high-walled, like ovular shape type situation and uh, yeah you're standing at the back entrance and Ken says go on in there uh, hang a left and you'll be in the beastiary and there Kelnar's gonna tell you all about the cur alright do you walk on in yeah I, yeah I kind, I kind of think I like I think Jody waits for Flipper to sort of take the lead I feel like Flipper's really got a handle on this <laughs> <laughs> I think Jody's gonna like hang him back a little bit yeah, like, I so, yeah guys follow me yeah hang on it looks safe you head on in Okay, you walk in and it's just like a really drab concrete hallway. It's like the like underground of any convention center you've ever been in, where it's just like really boring and there's like those big fluorescent strip lights on the walls. It's not doing anything for any of your complexions. And um, 
You walk down, you you hang out whichever direction I said a minute ago, and you end up in a door labeled bestiary, where you walk into what appears to be a stable. Either side has like stalls on it that are all kinds of wonderful beasts. There are things that kind of look like horses, but float. There are things that kind of look like tigers, but made out of glass. There are any other number of weird, intricate creatures that you could possibly conceive of. And uh, sitting on a really uh, comfortable looking like hay stuffed beanbag is a dwarf woman with uh, really, really long curly hair. She's like, Ugh, you're here to fight the cur, are you? Oh, no. Yes, I warned them earlier that I was going to just <laughs> find this accent in the moment, and that's, that's, what we've, that's what we're working with right now. So, you're here to fight the cur, are you? <laughs> and she spits in a bucket in the corner. <laughs> yeah, we are. What, what can you tell us about it? Oh, well, the cur's got four legs. That's something to start with. Uh, you know, not every creature here does. Uh, it's pretty fucking big. Uh, how big are we talking? Uh, oh, about, uh, how tall are you, laddie? I'm fucking uh, like five feet. About, uh, six or seven of you high, I'd say. Yeah, it's pretty big. Okay, make me, make me do the maths, why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, uh, okay, so the cur, uh, let me just check my book. And she goes over to a, uh, leather-bound tome. That she flips open to the page that, that starts with C in whatever language she usually speaks. And uh, she finds the entry for and says, Ah, yes, the cur. Um, crystal pillars, three of them on its back. If you knock them out, the cur is going to uh, be down for the count. But you're going to have to get up there in order to uh, knock them out. Oh, um, this might help you. And she opens a cupboard and like a huge mess of just like really thick iron link chains just spills out onto the floor of the beastery. And she says, Ah, you might want to do something with those. You could try... Wrapping them around the legs or something. Oh, very Battle of Hoth. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> very cool. Any questions? Uh, is it... I, I do have allergies. Is it? Is it a hypoallergenic beast or... She says, I'll, I'll check. You really should have um, discussed this with the administrators when you got in here. Um, we need uh, to know about special requests at the start. I, uh, look, I'm sorry. The curse is not hypoallergenic. Um, ah. Hmm. This is a bit awkward, isn't it? Yeah. I really wish you'd said something to... I, maybe I can wrap my magic cloak around my face. Look, just do the best you can. I've got yeah. some cetrazine around here somewhere. <laughs> she uh, reaches into a little belt pouch that she has and pulls out a tiny little tablet. She says, this is all to do... This is cetrazine hydrochloride. We still use that in the void between dimensions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that should work. All right. Do you know what the cur is made of? Oh, what isn't it made of? Um, largely flesh and bone and uh, also crystal pillars. <laughs> Any more questions? Does the crystal grow out of it? Uh, that's something I wouldn't think about if I was you. Is it is it sentient? Oh yeah, <laughs> it's sentient. It's a mean bugger. But can it can it talk? Say no. <laughs> I don't have any more voices. <laughs> does uh, what should we look out for in terms of if it's if it's trying to attack us? Um, does it have a uh, like? I have a. a face and a mouth or, or claws or like what the what it's the... largely a big dog it can do a couple <laughs> of things um it's got a, a mouth like you like you uh, most things do uh it can bite you it can stomp you it can hit you with its claws um it does have one special ability that i'm not really supposed to tell you about so um oh, go on. <laughs> maybe just wait for that one could be a bit of fun yeah. let's do it do you take the chains yeah yep 100%. chains are always handy with a dog who, who wants to take the chains <laughs> yeah who's taking the chains this is the most important decision you're going to make tonight. I, I will take the chains tomorrow. Duncan's taking the chains. Okay, good. <laughs> and 
tomorrow. At this moment, Kenneth, ever I... present, shows up in the doorway and says, All right, y'all, it's about time for the event to begin. We can take you to the entry point to the arena if you're ready. And even if you're not, you kind of have to go anyway. Not really an optional scenario. All right, Kenneth escorts you through the labyrinth of drab concrete tunnels uh, and fluorescent downlights. And before you know it, you're standing at what appears to be a large metal door, like a roller-type door that comes down to the ground before you. And uh, Kenneth says, okay, so um, that door's going to open and you're going to go on in and then the cur's going to come on in. He's got a theme song that plays. Uh, sorry, we didn't have time to queue one up for you guys. Uh, the fans like the curse, so um, if you want to make Trumbo happy, I would, uh, you know, play up to the crowd a little bit, uh, because the whole point of this is to, you know, generate a bit of uh, support. Numbers are, are waning at the, at the arena here, so, uh, you know, do what you can. Do you guys have pitbull in your dimension? <laughs> <laughs> that tracks for insider trading guy. He's like fucking up in his tower listening to pitbull. Are we here to make the curse look? Well, it kind of depends on how it all pans out. If the Kerr beats you, that's going to be fine. If you guys beat the Kerr, you'll be the new heroes of the tournament. Yeah, all right, all right. At this moment, the roller door fucking flies open. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, you see a huge stadium before you. It's a large, ovular arena that is probably about 200 feet long from the door you're at to the door at the far end. And uh, it's empty, but all up around you in tiered seating extending extremely high, higher than uh, many of the buildings that you saw in the bustling city. There are tens, if not hundreds of thousands of spectators behind uh, a series of uh, glass uh, barriers that sort of move up in the tiers. And they're all different shapes and sizes, multiple colors. Some have different numbers of limbs, <laughs> which is apparently the only way I know how to make aliens. Uh, and uh, what do you guys do? So is it It's not present. It's not there yet. I work the crap. Yeah, okay. You guys walk out into the arena? Yeah. As you walk out, you see that there are big, like, screens that are hanging from nothing. They're suspended in midair. And there's, like, close-ups of you guys being projected large up on the screens. There's, like, four sides to it. And there's one of your faces on each of the things. What do each of you do to stunt for the crowd? Who here likes people? <laughs> uh, take, take a charisma check for me to determine how much you win people over with that pitbull reference. You get a resounding boo. It was going to take a high roll to get people on board with Pitbull. So there's none of that. What do the rest of you do? I think uh, Jody's probably trying a range of different sort of like finishing poses. Like sort of like just like tantalizing the audience. So he's stunting. Yeah, he's doing that. Yeah, like, I mean, like a little bow and arrow thing. Like, you know, like the same bolts and style. Right. And like maybe he goes for like a sort of like a double splits thing. Wow. Take an acrobatics check for me to tell me how well these stunts go. Fuck me, you're nailing these stunts, dude, and the crowd are so here for it. They're like fucking on their feet. Like um, everyone's loving Jody. What about the rest of you guys? Um, I think Drazilia takes her new hat and is kind of like, you know, flinging it into the air. Oh, that's like, dangerous. Doing a roll and then catching it and trying not to cut her hands off. Um, take a dexterity check for me. I got 16. Okay, nice. 16 still pretty good. Also, you, you, you managed to not cut your hands off, but it's a little bit clumsy. And there's some people who are like... Ah. But, uh, yeah, you don't, you don't get the same kind of rapturous applause that Jody got. What's Don Khan doing? Well, I think off the back of uh, what is largely sort of like uh, introductory, sort of like warming the audience up, kind of trying to get them on side sort of things. I feel like winning... You knock them down? Exactly. And I, I kind of... You know, I'm thinking the marketing guy... <laughs> wanted it to be all about this like 
upset us against the Kerr. And so I think I just whip out my lightsaber. It's not a lightsaber. Sorry. <laughs> just We have to be very clear about this. Disney are extremely litigious. So I, it's, a, it's a non-licensed laser sword, yes. I whip out, I whip out my non-licensed laser sword. <laughs> yeah. I ignite it and I just like roar at the audience. Okay. What kind of do you want an intimidation? What's your check here? Um you trying uh, to intimidate? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna intimidate them. All right, I'm gonna make roll an in- to intimidate yeah. as I just like roar at them like I've come to kill your cur. Oh wow. And I I've rolled a five. Okay. <laughs> the audience are not here for this. Oh they God. are They probably just can't hear you. It's a big arena. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just see you and you're like <laughs> Yeah. The five people who hear you are like, yeah, and everyone else is like, what? And it's just like, like some of them are like, that's a cool sword. But most of them are just kind of like, oh, yeah, wh- whatever. And then, at this moment, four uh, flying vehicles that look kind of like helicopters appear atop the arena and start lowering down a platform, which has on it a 35-foot-tall dog-like creature with uh, lots of hair, tufts of hair all over its fleshy body, and three jagged crystals of rock growing out of its back. It's howling at the moon as Pitbull plays over the arena speakers. (laughs) And the reason they didn't like Pitbull is because they thought you were trying to steal the cursed thing, not because they didn't like Pitbull. And they were like, this guy's not the cur! What a a cur fans here tonight. So, uh, eventually this massive dog lands on the ground before you. And the game is on. Can I get you all to roll initiative for me? Oh, fuck. The Kerr rolled a one. That's the lowest roll. You guys are going to get a go at this. 14 for me. 22. Four. Six. <laughs> okay. Cool. Seven. Okay. So uh, I guess Jody's up first. What are you doing? The Kerr is a good 30 feet in front of you. So you're like, you're at one side of the... It's got to be further, actually. I said it was 200 feet across. Yeah, it's like 50 feet ahead of you. Just landed in the middle of the arena. What do you do? Um, I'm going to burn a key point. Which is a feature that monks have. Yeah. So you some of my kind of spirit, my internal power and that sort of thing. Uh, so I'm going to uh, dash uh, three, basically. And Which means you can run extra far. So I'm going to move 100 feet. Whoa. Um, initially towards the curve, and then up the curve. <laughs> that's right, because you can run up walls and shit, right? Because he's a fucking, like, a martial arts master. I guess that's a thing you just get. If you're really good at martial arts, you can just run on walls. I mean, you know, we all know how that works. You ever meet someone who had, like, a black belt in high school, and they'd be like, I'd go to the local... Hey, Grace, you had a black belt in high school, right? It was actually primary school. Oh, shit! Could you... Could you... Could you run up walls? Oh, yeah. Grace is actually not allowed to fight any kind of martial arts anymore. She's too dangerous. She achieved, like, perfection at age 12. I killed a guy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. There we have it. Okay, so Jody runs up the cur. You're standing on the back of the cur, having moved your full distance. What do you do? Um, I want to take a look at the crystal. They're just, like, 10 foot tall. That's about three meters. Uh, Crystal pillars that are, like, jagged and flashing with different colors of light. Yeah, I'm going to try and attack one. Yeah, you just go up to it with your... You use a quarter stuff and you just fucking try and smash one of these pillars. Okay, go ahead and make those attack rolls for me. First one is 16. Mm. Hmm. Crystal, like, it's very armored. It's just actually very hard, is the thing. It's like, you know, hitting a rock with a fucking stick. Sometimes you have to hit it pretty hard. Okay, that does it. You smash into this crystal, roll the damage for me. So that's going to be uh, 12 damage, and I'm going to uh, fly your blows. Another monk feature. Actually, no, no, I'm just going to attack it once more. Okay, you're just smashing into it with the quarterstaff again. Uh, this one will be 30 to hit. Yep, that does it. Fuck me. Um, and 
that'll be 14 damage. You shatter the crystal pillar. Your fucking staff goes right through it, and uh, the cur sort of winces in pain. It hasn't even done anything yet. But now, the cur does a thing. The first thing it does is reach around onto its back with its head. That's right, it rotates 180 degrees and snaps at you with its jaws. That's 25 to hit your AC. That's armor class. That's how hard it is to hit Jody. That's a high roll. And then uh, the the piercing damage from the talons or talons teeth. You take 20 piercing damage as the Kerr's jaws snap down into you. Uh, The Kerr's head then spins back around and it lets loose with a horrifying stream of sludge. I need the three of you still standing on the ground at the foot of the arena to take a dexterity saving throw to try and jump out of the way of all of this sludge. Um, well, I fail. <laughs> what did you get? Nine. Yeah, that's not going to do it, I'm afraid. You are painted in ooze. Seventeen. Yeah. That'll do it. Jesus Christ. Okay, Duncan and Flipper flip effortlessly out of the way. Drazilia is caught unawares and just gets fucking blasted by a really icky stream of sludge. And as it hits your body, I need you to take some poison damage as it eats into your skin. Can you please take 22 poison damage as this sludge melts into your body? Uh, Who rolled the next best initiative? 14. Yeah, Yeah, that's the one. You're in. Sweet. Um, I am going to run straight at it, one of its legs. Okay. Uh, now, I haven't, of course, as Dun Khan, seen mm-hmm. the film The Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Jody somehow referenced. Okay. But uh, I just had this great idea out of nowhere. Yeah. No film references. Okay. Um, and I'm going to try and fasten the chain to one of its legs. Okay, so you're going to run, like, your full speed. You're not going to be able to get over to it. You're not quite as fast as Jody. Are you going to try and, like, whip the chain at it? Um... Uh, what if I use my uh, action surge? Can I then? Get okay. The yeah. There? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. So you can get all the way over to its because like front I'm not foot. Not dexterous enough to like lasso a leg or even really to tie a knot with chain. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put one of the links over the blade of my normal sword. Okay. And then just ram that deep into its. Oh ankle. Jesus Christ! So yeah, wow, like a mountain climbing thing. That's yeah. fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah. Okay, this is like a dog, dude. It's like a dog. It's a- Monster. Okay, whatever. Jeez, how do you guys feel about this animal cruelty? I don't know. It clearly has a career of killing people in the arena. And you said it's like sentient, and that it was mean. Like it has a like. It does have a history of violence. That's true. This animal is especially dangerous. And it entered to pit bull. Right. Make your attack roll as you try and jam this uh, chain-covered sword into the ankle of this big dog. Uh, 25. Yes, you stab your sword directly into the ankle of this big dog. You're not standing next to the dog as it yelps out in pain. Do you want to roll some damage yeah, for that? You did stab a dog. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 14 damage. Okay, fuck. He yelps out in pain. He's not liking this. He's not going to chain tied to his feet. Uh, okay, who's next? Okay, it's Flipper. What are you doing? So, I think, so I've got this uh, second story feature with me that I'm fine. Okay. Get into the audience. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you! <laughs> Okay. You put money on one or two of us surviving. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, Hiding was also one of my bonus actors. So I want to get into the crowd. Yeah, dude. And, and then just take a look around, see if there's any sort of uh, things in the arena that we Okay, you cr- climb up over the side of the arena, jump down into a seat, tuck down behind like a really large uh, spherical creature with like eight arms, and uh, then you just kind of like what look around the arena. Okay, take a perception check for me. Okay, 
Jesus Christ, really? It's the highest roll you can do. You see fucking through space and time back into your home dimension. Um, okay, uh, you see behind the cur on the very far side of the arena, so like 200 feet from where you guys entered, there is a chain that says, do not pull. It's like a little, um, like, you know, hand pull type thing. Uh, you see that from where you're sitting. Other than that, the arena is pretty barren. Uh, you've used all your move to get here. You've still got that cloak, which teleports you. Okay, teleport to the chain. You won't be able to get that far, but you can teleport like halfway across the arena and then like spend some time running over to it. Are you just trying to goad him into getting back and range the monster? No. <laughs> I said no traps, guys. <laughs> all right. Let's do this. Let's, let's try and get in this chain. You're going to teleport? Okay. You fucking whip your cloak around your body, and then all of a sudden, you're standing in the middle of the arena. The cur is behind you. There's an open pitch in front of you, leading over towards this chain. You're out of move for the moment, but you're in prime position to get over there. Now it's Drazilia's turn. Um, okay. Drazilia really didn't like this goofy time that she's in, um, so she's going to get out of here pronto. Can I polymorph? It's like change shape, right? It's yeah, like a yeah, spell yeah. you have. I'm going to use a sorcerer spell that I have, and I'm going to change into, today I feel like maybe a seagull? A seagull? Yeah. Why a seagull, Grace? I don't know. It just came to me. I- okay. <laughs> the coolest animal. Okay, great. <laughs> Everyone loves a seagull, right? I don't know how you guys feel about yeah. seagulls. You turn into a seagull. What do you do now? Um, I'm going to try and fly for the crystals. Okay. You fly and you kind of get like, seagulls are faster than people. You get like up to like the head of the dog creature, but you're not like at the crystals. That's your turn? I'm going to be at its mouth. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Now it's the dog's turn again. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it tries to snap at you with its jaws. Oh, that's okay. It only rolled an eight. So it's not going to hit even your seagull's armor, I wouldn't think. You managed to like duck out of the way of its jaws. But then it does see Duncan down at its feet and bellow a gout of flame this time out of its mouth down at its own feet. That's right. This dog can breathe. Different shit. Um, it can dexterity saving throw for me, Duncan, to try and get out of the way of this gout of fire. Natural 20. Fuck me! Jesus Christ! You're the dodgiest boy! Which you... makes no sense because yeah. I'm in full metal. Full fucking plate armor. You've just <laughs> flipped out of the way. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> you flipped out of the way of some sludge. Now you flip out of the way of a fucking jet of fire. Jesus Christ. Okay. You give me a lightsaber, I turn into a jet. What did you expect? <laughs> <laughs> but only from the prequel trilogy. Okay, um, we're back around to Jody at the top of the order. What do you do? You've demolished one of these crystals. You've got two more in front of you on the dog. So Jody, I'm going to try and head towards like the head of the dog, I guess. But just try and aggro it. Okay, wow. So you want it to like attack you instead of your friends. Fuck me. Okay, nice. Um, go ahead and make those attack rolls. Yeah. It's a dog, dude. Attack this dog's eyes. It has a history of violence. Okay, you attack the dog's eyes. Give me the attack roll on the dog's eyes. This one. Yeah, no. Yeah, Jody's like, ah, yeah. <laughs> Throws away one of his attacks. I'll try again with it. Oh, number six. Okay, you are still standing on its head and, like, hitting it. I'm going to say you don't manage to get it in the eye, but it does catch notice of you standing on its forehead, trying to jab it in the eyes. That's the accident. That's the best way to <laughs> You didn't have to poke a dog in the eye, and it's still aggroed. Okay, great. Uh, great. Okay, who's up next? Did we say, was it Flipper? Flipper's up next? No, it was Duncan. It was Duncan. It was Duncan. Yep. Uh, so now, I just hoof it. I've got one end of the chain yep. fastened by my sword into its ankle, and I just want to run across the front of it 
to uh, tangle it up with the closest next leg. Okay, so you want to run over to its other leg and what, just try and like trip it over, or what are you doing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'm gonna say you can get over the leg; it's not that far, and like tie it around. And then what do you do? Just try and like yank it, or what's the what's uh, the go yeah, here? Yeah, I I want to once it's like looped around its other leg, I then just want to like run towards its hind legs with the chain uh-huh. to sort of like pull its front legs together and like then back under its body. Okay, fuck yeah! Go ahead and make a strength check for me. Make it an <laughs> athletics check because it's like tug of war, which is oh, an athletic sport. Yeah, that's what yeah. I do. Natural twenty. Fuck plus me. Jesus Christ, these rolls, Duncan. Okay, the best fucking athletics check you can possibly make. You yank this chain, the dog's knees, like, buckle into each other, and then it just collapses down to the floor of the arena. Now, I should obviously point out I describe myself running under its belly. Yes. So it's coming down on top of me. Yes. But as a fighter, I get extra attack. Okay. So I'm going to yank this, I'm going to pull out the lightsaber, uh-huh. and cut its gut open as it Jesus! So what, you end up inside it? Yeah, yeah doing yeah, 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 more yeah. Star Wars shit. Jesus Christ. Okay, make the attack roll. Just you wait, at the end of this, I fight my dad. <laughs> It was really weird. We had to fly Tom's dad over for this because, like, Tom insisted at the end of tonight he was going to finally fight his dad. <laughs> that would never happen. Uh, only I'm pretty sure he listens. But with a with my sword skill, that goes up to twenty anyway. Okay, yeah, right. You slash the cur's underbelly as it's falling down on you. You slash it open. Roll the damage for me. Thirteen. Okay, wow, it does not like that. Some, like, horrible, like, goo drips down out of the opening you create, but then you don't have time to think about that because you're now in that opening. So you're now inside the belly of the cur as it's fallen down onto its feet. Did you get the front legs? Yeah. So it fell down face first? Yes. The face that Jody was standing on? Yes. We're getting to that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh... Can I get you to make a strength check for me, Jody? is happening. Hey, guess who rolled a natural one? It's me. You go tumbling off the head of the cur, landing onto the arena. Is Duncan also drowning inside the gut? Yeah, yeah, you gotta hold your breath, bud. You've yeah, got I like mean, three I, minutes, right? I can take constitution saves all day. Okay. Yeah, you're inside the guts of a dog. This is a grim moment. The fucking Jody's fallen off. Uh, Alright, okay. Uh, who's next in the order? Oh, wait. It's the cur. It uses its action that it's allowed to drop into the middle of the initiative order. It's been aggroed onto Jody, who's now on the ground in front of it, conveniently enough. So, uh, yeah. It. Oh, fuck me! Only a 10 against AC. So you're on the ground, and it's just like, ah, lunges at you with its jaws. I guess that makes sense. It's kind of immobilized, but then it lunges, uh, it rears back and just decides to spray you with its breath weapon, which this time is a jet of ice. Can I get Jody to take a dexterity saving throw for me to jump out of the way of this jet of ice? Um, so it's a 15. Okay, that's the number you had to roll. You flip off the ground like a kip-up out of the way of this jet of ice. And uh, yeah, that, the Curtis looks really disappointed in itself. And by extension, all of the fans who came out to see it. Uh, okay, who's next in the order? It's Slipper, right? You're just hoofing it for the, for the chain? I'm, I'm going for this chain that's not supposed to force it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, you, if, you, if you take your action to dash, which means you can move extra far, you can get over to the chain, I think, for sure. Yeah, and then you can use your, like, just... Wait, but I've got a dash bonus action. Oh, fuck, okay, you get over there, no worries. And now you're standing next to this little lever that says, do not pull. You pull the lever... And all of a sudden, doors open up in the sides of the arena. And then cannons emerge from inside those doors and just hose down the entire arena with jets and jets of this really thick white goo. Can I get everybody to take a strength check to avoid Surely being... I'm safely inside the door. Yeah, okay, you're actually... <laughs> 
Sentences nobody said before. <laughs> okay. Dukan is, yeah, you're right. Everyone else needs to take a strength check to avoid being trapped in this, like, containment goo. Yeah, one. <laughs> I got an eight. I am in the air, though. Is that, am I... Oh, yeah. You know what? I'll allow you to make a dexterity save instead to try and... Take, roll again. Make a dexterity save to try and avoid being caught in the goo. It's an Yeah, no. <laughs> so you, you get, like, hit as a seagull by a jet of this goo and it just, like, solidifies around you and you just drop to the floor of the arena. The cur, by the way, also fully encased in this goo. Uh, it's, like, legs and stuff are all tied up. Its head's all stuck in the goo. How did Flipper do? Oh, I got four. Okay. <laughs> Everyone but Duncan is trapped in the goo. This is like an emergency containment procedure that the arena has. Uh, they weren't ready for Duncan to be trapped in the dog, though. I don't think. I think we can dispense with the rest of the initiative order. Everyone's immobilized. What does Duncan do? I I basically so I know that I was facing the same way the dog was facing. I pulled the chain. Yep. Ignited my lightsaber. It came down. So I kind of know that its head. Is that way. Yes. And just like uh, lightsaber first. Uh, I'm just going to hack my way uh, up through its inside. This is fucking terrible. <laughs> as much mess as I can. I did <laughs> Deliberately? And, well, I'm trying to kill the thing. Okay. And I'm trying to do it quickly. I'm not... <laughs> I didn't want this yeah, to this, get this dragged out. Yeah, yeah, just, just like headed straight for where I think its brain probably is. Yeah, Jesus, just ignoring the crystal pillars on its back, just trying to carve its fucking brain out of its head. Yeah, I'm not going to stop until I'm waist deep in grey matter. I don't think there's literally. I don't think there's any way for it to stop you. It's immobilized. It can't move, and you're inside it. I think the arena is on tenterhooks. Everyone is dead quiet. They're like, shit. The containment procedure's gone off. There's a bunch of like stagehands, like Kenneth, like running down out of the thing like trying to like get on try and get into the arena to try and help and everyone's just like oh geez what's going on here and then the head of the curse splits open a purple blade emerges from inside it and the filthiest Duncan just tumbles out of the head down its snout and lands on the arena floor and the crowd goes fucking berserk everybody goes wild you've done it the stagehands come out kenneth comes out he gets you guys up on the back of the now deceased cur raises your arm because he's got four arms so there's four of you so he takes one of your hands and each of his arms raises them up above all of your heads so like yeah you're a seagull that's right he takes one of your wings he chips your wing out of the thing and like dangles you by the wing from one of his arms and the crowd's just fucking drinking it in they are adoring you uh before too long you find yourselves back in the comfort of the champion's lounge what are you all doing to enjoy yourselves this evening two for two not bad at the fucking tournament so far like showering yeah 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 (laughs) Duncan, especially? Yeah, or like, yeah. Yeah, who needs to like shower more? Yeah. Before you're allowed back in the Champions Lounge, the bouncer does just hose you all down. <laughs> like, he just stands there, just like, Psh, okay, you can get on in. Uh, and then you're sitting down, you're enjoying a drink of your choice, and then a very sheepish Kenneth kind of walks over, and you can tell he's like, he's doing like, a, like t- templed fingers, but with all four of his hands. And uh, then he says, uh, guys, I know you did a great job today, but um, a lot of important people had money on the cur, and uh, yeah, we're probably going to need to talk. And then he just kind of screws up his face. Am I one of the important people? <laughs> <laughs> 
Unfortunately not. And that's all we've got time for tonight. Thank you, everyone. We hope you've enjoyed the tournament this evening. We've been How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, we're regularly a podcast. You can find it wherever you would ordinarily do something like that. And if you want to hear what Kenneth needs to talk to them about or what happens at the remaining final round of the tournament, come on down tomorrow to uh, hear us do it all again. Thank you, Mikhail, for coming down. Thank you to Save for Producing. Thank you to Ruru for Costumes. Thank you to the venue for hosting us. And most importantly, thank you to you all for coming. We hope you have a wonderful remainder of your evening. Thank you. Good night. How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons is a production of the Curio Network and hosted by Thomas Owen, Grace Chapel, Ben McAllister, and Jackson Newsett. Editing by Ben McAllister. You can find details of all the music in the show notes. We've got other content on Curio, such as Odds and Ends, where Grace talks with people about the mementos they've kept and the stories behind them, or still interested, where we look at film and TV that has been rebooted or remade and try to figure out why they thought it was a good idea. Check it all out at curionetwork.com. G'day HDW Laid listeners, my name's Gianni, I'm from the Australian Podcast Award winning video game show, Pixel Sift. On episode 136, Dr. Dan Golding joins us to tell us why he loves making video game music for games like Untitled Goose Game and Frog Detective. I think what I love about writing for games is it gives you, I think, a little bit more freedom to work with really different musical palettes, um, which is definitely true for a bunch of the games that I've, that I've done. There's fewer rules and fewer traditions. Each and every episode of Pixel Sift, we talk to a game developer and we find out their story. You can listen to Pixel Sift on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, pixelsift.com.au or wherever you listen to podcasts.